What's up? You're listening to the Scholarly Spark podcast. Here's your chance to finally become interested in learning and find out what you're genuinely curious about. Join me as we discover the secrets of South Asia and experience different foods, the latest technologies, immerse ourselves in a variety of phenomenal cultures, find out about interesting people we never knew existed, and learn about what no one else dared to find out. I'm Kamal Narayanan, taking you on a journey through the mysteries of South Asia, all from the convenience of your headphones. Here we go. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. And today, I hope you are having the absolute greatest day of your life, as I tell you guys every single episode on this show. And if you are not having the absolute greatest day of your life, either this podcast will make it the absolute greatest day of your life or something else that will happen today will make it the absolute greatest day of your life. So let's get into the show. Today on the show, we are continuing our discussion from last time, which was part one on migration and introduction to migration. And we are continuing it by discussing specifically the effects and consequences of migration, specifically in South Asia. And we're going to break down the data of every single country and analyze how every single country within South Asia, like Bangladesh, uh, Nepal, and Bhutan, and all these countries function with respect to migration. So let's jump right into it. But not before we jump right into the fun fact of the day. India has the largest diaspora community out of all the countries in the whole entire world. Basically, what a diaspora is, is the number of people that have left that home country and migrated outside the country. And in terms of that, India basically has the highest number of people that have left the country and are staying out of the country. That is India's diaspora community. Now, let's break down migration by region. So let's let's start off with Bangladesh. Bangladesh, it's pretty unique. It's a unique country because as of right now, it's not really developing that fast economically. Basically, the economy is growing a lot slower than its population is growing. And so it needs people to leave the country, aka emigration. It needs a lot of emigration in order for the economy to be able to support the entire country. Also, Bangladesh has the greatest number of people per square kilometer, nearly 1,300 people per square kilometer. Can you imagine that? And because of that super high population density, its job market actually cannot support the current population. And there's no way at all that they can support the projections of future population growth. So because there's no way in which the country can realistically support the current Bangladeshi population and future projections of population growth, the government was like, okay, man, I got to step in and save this country like Superman. And so They decided to facilitate migration within the country. And overall, Bangladeshi immigrants amount to nearly 8 million people. And basically, half of these people, 4 million people, end up in India. But it is also worth noting that half of these people are unskilled laborers. And it's also worth noting that international remittances or financial packages sent between countries from a migrant who went to a new country sending a financial package back to his home country that is what a remittance is that contributes to 12 percent of bangladesh's gdp let's get on to india now india in comparison to bangladesh is the economic powerhouse of the region most of india's migration is permanent and most people who leave are skilled laborers and ultimately end up in technology related fields india has exported 747,000 migrant workers in 2012 alone but due to smuggling and unsecured borders these numbers are estimated to actually be a lot higher than they are reported to be. Now, 
a lot of unskilled Indian laborers, the vast majority of them, end up migrating to Middle Eastern countries, especially after the oil boom of the 1970s. Now, as we do with every country, let's take a look at India's remittance system. It just so happens that remittance actually accounts for nearly 4% of India's GDP. It's about 70 billion US dollars in 2012. And it's also worth noting that most of India's migration is permanent and most people who leave end up in technology related fields. Personally, I like the humanities. Humanities are awesome. I love humanities, especially South Asia. I love South Asia. But like the majority of kids nowadays and the way, especially even in America, especially in America, the way things are going nowadays, a lot of kids and a lot of people are propelling themselves towards STEM fields. I've noticed that trend, especially with whoever I talk to and whoever's around me. But I, I, I wouldn't say that's a, that's a problem necessarily, but that's what I've noticed around me. But anyways, let's hop into the next country, Nepal. Nepal is often cited as the most economically undeveloped nation in the South Asian region. Though all classes of Nepalese migrate due to the nation's stagnating economy, you can most commonly see someone from the middle class that has migrated and is living internationally send remittances back to family back in Nepal. And another thing to note about Nepal is that it actually receives so much remittances that it's sixth in the world for the country that has the highest percentage of its GDP comes solely from remittances. Also, though the vast majority of Nepalese migrants are men, nearly 95% of Nepalese migrants, these men tend to enter fields just manufacturing that pay less than when female Nepalese workers are able to earn abroad as housekeepers and caregivers, which is actually pretty insane because in all honesty, first of all, there should be no gender gap discrimination at all because in all honesty, women... Men, we're all humans. Like, like, why, why do we continue to look at gender as a differentiating or separating factor if we're all humans? Woman is a human, man is a human. We're all humans. So there's no point discriminating in one gender or the other. There's no point giving one gender the advantage or one, one gender the disadvantage. Like, there's literally no point. We're all humans. There's no point discriminating against someone that's part of your your own race. There's literally nothing that makes women any less than men because, like I said before, we're all humans, and for that reason. There should be no gender pay gap to begin with. You know, it's, it's always struck me as weird that women don't get the same treatment as men. Because, like, if you look at history, like, what did women ever do? They, they literally never did anything to hurt or harm humanity or anyone, honestly. Like, they never did anything. So, there's really no point in in, in discriminating against women and hurting their, their, their earning potential in their lives just because you think discrimination is okay. It's not okay. It just makes no sense to me. Like, what did women ever do that warrants this kind of behavior? Like, literally nothing. I don't know. But, you know, it's weird. I don't know, I don't, I don't know why people do that. I just feel really strongly about that. Anyways, back to the topic. Uh, next country, Sri Lanka. Unlike the other nations in the area, Sri Lanka actually sees a large percentage of female migrant workers, in large part due to the garment industry and a need for domestic labor in nearby regions. So, a lot of jobs that generally use female labor as opposed to male labor call for a lot of migrant workers from Sri Lanka. These numbers are somewhat less skewed in the current day and age as the number of male and female migrant workers has equalized quite a bit. But like I said before, for many decades, there were more female Sri Lankans working abroad than men. But what's even more alarming is the fact that Sri Lankan female migrant workers who already have extremely little worker protections as it is, often choose Middle Eastern countries 
whose economies are heavily dependent on oil, where workers have few protections. And this is quite concerning because female and male migrant workers need to be protected. Without protections, you're literally endangering innocent people for no reason who just wanted a better life for their families and for themselves. It's not moral or ethical at all in any way. But to end this on a better note, Sri Lanka's unemployment rate has fallen significantly since the 1980s due to the increase of migration and the end of a long war. In the 1980s, unemployment in Sri Lanka averaged around 12%, compared to a much more stable 4% as of 2012. And the other, you know, other nations with significant political unrest, such as Pakistan, Bhutan, Afghanistan, large portions of migration data are actually inaccessible because war and instability in these nations have contributed to large numbers of refugees migrating to nearby nations. And that is all. And next time on part three of this series, we will be specifically looking at the different reasons for why this migration actually occurs. And I hope you are excited for that. But I hope you even more you are even more excited for what is about to happen. The fun fact of the day. Last time I told you that chewing gum would actually really allow you to lose calories super easily. But this time I have an even better tip. Banging your head against the wall for one hour burns 150 calories. I don't know if you knew that before. I'm pretty sure you didn't know that before. Bang your head against your wall for one hour. You will burn 150 calories. Do that a couple of times a day. And eventually, you will be looking extremely fit. And that is the end of the show. Thank you, everyone, for watching and listening. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you guys taking the time out of your day to listen to me speak. Because honestly, who would not want to listen to me speak? No, I'm just kidding. Anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a great rest of your day, the absolute greatest day of your life. Keep looking out for that good luck charm today. And yeah, thank you for staying this long and making it to the end of the podcast. I will see you later. It's been super fun learning with you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to me. Join me next week as we explore another part of the vast, mysterious lands of South Asia. I'm looking forward to exploring something new that you've never heard about next week. Talk soon.